Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. So welcome today. This is a beautiful, lovely Lisa Wynn. And I came across Lisa online. I think you popped up in my Facebook group and we've been friends for some time now. We've become very good business buddies as well. And I wanted to bring Lisa on today to talk a little bit about her story. So as you know, this is a wealth series um, of set of interviews for real women and real stories. So we can start talking about money in a more open and as if it's a block of cheese or a book or a cup of tea, not something that we should be avoiding and not really focusing and not giving it the time and space to allow us to grow and to flourish. So I've got the wealth of experience of Lisa and I really admire her wealth of experience. She has this articulate way of describing things in such a elegant, regal fashion. Um, So Lisa, welcome today. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you. I, I, Regal and articulate, I will take. Thank you. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and what does wealth mean to you? So, um, well, in terms of my story, I feel like I've been at pretty opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I have been, um, and it's still difficult to say it, like I still feel a sense of shame when I say it, so that's interesting. But I I have been, when I was married, um, at one point we were £80,000 in debt. Um, I mean, drowning. That's a a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's an an amount of money that you think there's no way out of. Mm. That's how it feels. And um, definitely in a very miserable marriage with somebody who didn't want to look at the the money. So I felt very lonely in that. Um, And... And these days, lucky me, I'm happily single. <laughs> single and, you know, having a little go at mingling. Um, but, but, you know, more importantly, in many ways, um, in a position with money where I feel like money and I are really good friends. Um, and I have lots of money. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't have stinking uh, rich amounts. I wish I could say that. Um, but I, I have enough that this year when my business has been decimated by whole COVID thing, I, it's been okay. And I've actually gone ahead and I'm in, as you know, I'm in the process of buying what is actually my dream house in a year when my income is very low compared to usual. So I think, you know, that what wealth means to me is freedom and choice and peace of mind um, I don't have to wake up at two, I don't wake up at two o'clock in the morning in fear anymore um, so yeah it's, it's, it's a chance to live my values really that's a big transition though so you're telling me you've gone from 60,000 in debt alone no partner really there to well a partner but not helping you um really communicating at different levels different spectrums not sure where to start how to get out of it um, mm-hmm. and what to 
do, which that in itself can be really, it feels like the hole is maybe even deeper than it really feels. And that's still quite a big, deep hole to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know somebody I was speaking to today that had um, an endowment worth 45,000 and they had debts around 15 to 20,000. But the interest rate that there was on those were just felt crippling. The mindset was cash in the endowment, clear the debts. And we mm-hmm. had a whole conversation around that. And she was very emotionally led by the fact of what freedom it would give her by encashing that endowment, even if it was a financial detriment, that the, the release of the freedom that that gave her was, was more important than the, the financial gain or loss that she would possibly be risking. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you go from being in that, that place to somewhere where you're now enlightened by money and you probably don't have as a as as so much of an emotional connection to it anymore as you did or if you have it's a different form of connection definitely a different form of connection because before it was just utter fear and paralysis um the thing is that when you're eighty thousand pounds in debt the interest each month is much more than you could hope to pay so it's it just feels like a like quicksand, like a whirlpool that you're being dragged into. And there's no creativity. I mean, I'm a really creative person. I had no creativity in that space. Um, you feel like such a failure. So the, just the internal, your internal environment is just terrible. So um, for me, it took, first of all, working on myself to say, you know what, I literally had enough of this. Um, I I don't care what it takes. I'm not going to live with this any longer. And um, it took taking, uh, persuading my husband to take a job that meant we had to move because he refused to sell our house. Um, I worked like a dog to tidy the house up, to clear it, to... Um, get it to a stage where we sold it, we made a lot of money on the house, paid everything off, moved. Um, The whole 80,000 pound paid off in one go. Um, How did you feel that day that you was able to transfer the money? How did you feel when you had that money hit your account and cleared all that debt? I mean, like I could breathe for the first time in years. And also scared because I knew that although I'd changed the money I hadn't changed my relationship enough and um, as soon as I'm t- as soon as I was talking about I transferred that money my husband's talking about oh we could go and buy a couple of cars you know we could do this we could do that and within no time I mean within a year even though we were living rent-free we were back to this space where we had nothing and I could see where we were heading. And, and that's you know, not long after that. I, thought, I, I literally cannot go back to that place. And um, I, I took myself out of my marriage. Um, I felt like I'd tried everything. I'd been a coach for nearly 20 years. I tried every kind of positive aspect every time of talking. But for me, I knew that, I was open to changing my relationship with money and he wasn't. So I went. And do you um, think that, that he's, I mean, I don't know if you're in contact with him now, but do you think that 
you've sort of been able to move on more easily than what he has. I mean, was that, that, that must've been a very difficult conversation. I'm, I'm, I, I love you, but, or maybe you don't, but, um, you know, you, you, you are in a situation where, you know, you're not allowing us to grow and you're, you've still got these bad habits in place. And it was the core purpose was around money, right? It was one of them. I mean, I think that, you know, I trained, as you know, several years ago as a wealth creation coach, but but not in a regulated sort of financial advice way in any way, but really from point of view of behaviours and mindset around money. Um, and what I would say is that I think of relationships as holographic. So my relationship with money it's going to be a representation of my relationship with myself, my relationship with my health. You know, you don't tend to meet people who are super healthy, who are really good with their time, really good with their energy and their body, and terrible with money. You know, and likewise the other way around. We, when you look at health and wealth, for instance, they're very often like mirrored of each other, aren't they? Um, yeah, anything. I see that quite a lot with them. Um, most things, I, I was talking about this earlier on today, where it's a case of communicating with people around money and relationships. But if you're failing to communicate about anything, then it will come out in money, it will come out in your health, it will come out in whatever the kids, the, you know, extended family, where you have, if you can't communicate on any of those things, it doesn't mean that with money or your, your love for each other or whatever it is you've got to talk about, it, it, they often, if there's one area doing it, it's, it's happening in other areas as well. There might just be certain areas, I think, for some relationships where they're more open to have those conversations because there's a different connection. For example, they might be more motivated because there's children involved, but they're no more motivated when it comes to having that money conversation because they're not interested in it, even if you are. And But if they're not caring about what you want and your needs, um, then it, it, it's not really a caring relationship, right? So Exactly. That, you know, that, was, that was it, to be honest. Yeah. You couldn't communicate about anything. Right. Um, and, and for me, you know, the, as I say, one of the things about wealth is it gives you a chance to live your values. And the other thing that really became evident was we had different values when it came to what was important to us about money. So for me, I like to buy memories. It's probably the thing I spend most of my money on. <laughs> um, and, and connection, adventure, travel. For me, that's, that's buying memories. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really important. And I don't yeah. care what other people think about me in terms of what I'm doing. Mm. I care about that connection. Um, and, I, I don't and, like to, sorry, go, no, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say like a contribution, you know, generosity of spirit is one of my mm. top values. So I like to, the first of the month, since I've been single, the first of the month, um, the first thing that goes out is my rent at the moment, seeing my mortgage, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then the second thing that goes out is my financial contributions. Right. And I have absolute freedom to mm. contribute money at a time in my life where it's difficult for me to contribute much time yeah you know single single mum single grandmother working really hard you know help not supporting but helping my daughters out when I can yeah 
Um, I don't have time to do lots of volunteer work, for instance, but I no. can yeah. spend money. So, so that's, that's what I love about wealth. You, you can live your values. Yeah, I can totally align, to align with that because it's not about being wealthy is better. Someone with more money is not any better of a person. Just because you are not a better person from who you are today to who you were with 60 grand, there is no difference. You're just a happier person because you're living your life more fulfilled. And even if that meant that you um, had 200 grand in the bank or 20 quid in the bank, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You're able to do it in such a way that you feel contentment, I think is a good way of putting it. Um, and not only are you able to support the, those around you, you're able to support yourself. And that was obviously an important thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at yourself and, and, you know, the journey that you've come from, which is massive, it is literally from chalk to cheese, which is mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and you've talked about how you've done that and what you've done and, and, and how you've gone about to start to talk about how you could go about doing that. But if you was to go back um, and give yourself some advice, you know, we've gone often we sort of, I don't like believing living in the past, mm. um, but in terms of sharing what you've learned, it might be relevant for somebody that's listening, um, whether this piece of nugget of advice might be applied to them now, what advice would have you given yourself maybe, when that was all going on, maybe something you might have done differently or before that got to that point, like what advice would you give? You know, I'm not saying any regrets. I'm sure you don't regret having children with your partner and getting married. You can't live your life like that. But is there any advice that you would give yourself in the past? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I can't remember where I read this or who I picked this up from, but, People tell you who they are very quickly, and I think you should believe them. <laughs> um, and I always tell my daughters, for instance, don't don't go out with anybody who isn't nice to waiters. You know, if somebody can take you out on a date and wine and dine you and be super charming, but is to the waiters they're telling you who they really are and I'm not being bitter and twisted about my marriage you know it's not like you know I, I felt I'd married my soulmate and in some ways I did but he was you know already in debt when we met and I wasn't and never had been even I even you know kept myself on an even keel through university without a grant so um when you're young <laughs> like, um you just have this feeling that it's you can pass things over that you don't have to look at the things that are uncomfortable to look at um, and I'm not just talking about relationships I'm talking about money and life I mean I I'm still not in love with doing my accounts I still don't love BAT but I will find a way to do it and you know one of my things I do is I is, is I'll have dates with money because I believe in having a relationship with money and that relationship takes action, not just mindset, right? So I will have a date night with money and make it, you know, feel like self-care to do my VAT. It might sound insane, but my VAT, you know, my VAT. I don't think it sounds insane at all. <laughs> I think it sounds, you know, whatever it takes to get it done, right? You've got to do it anyway. And if you're going to go with it with being completely miserable, miserable, what, what, 
there's no benefit to that Um, you know if we can go into anything in life with a positive hat then I think that's a good thing and and I do believe that money is an energy I do believe you know what you've said already about you know it represents where you are and how you're feeling about yourself and I know that as my confidence has grown over the years um so is my money and I don't think that's a coincidence I do think they are a lot aligned um and I love what you said about the waiters, about the fact that people show you their true selves. And it's, you know, so somebody is a friend that is never showing up for you and you ring them and they never call you back or you arrange to meet and they're always an hour late. They're telling you who they are, right? They're telling you what type of and how important you are and how they manage that conversation. Um, so, yeah, so are you saying that, are you saying from, for people that are out there, if, if, if you're having, if they're in a relationship, and they're trying to change people that maybe are already showing you who they are and what they're about, that how, how are you saying that they should walk away or just not bother? Or are you thinking more of like your younger daughters who are, who are single and looking for love? Yeah. I, I, I think what I'm saying is that we have to be really conscious about relationships and um, it comes to, it comes down to, responsibility like self-responsibility so I I I think one of the reasons I don't feel at all bitter about the breakdown of my marriage is that I take responsibility I I could sit down and blame him yeah I could blame him for the 80 grand debt you know I've got I've got some evidence I could use to make that my reality But I have to also, because I believe so strongly in in self-responsibility and empowerment, I suppose, if I'm a victim of that, then I have no power. Yeah. And I never want to have no power. I mean, I'm not talking about power over people or, you know, force. But um, so I can say, you know what, I was at the stage I was at in my life, I didn't have the confidence to stand up and have financial boundaries. Yeah. And say, no, we will not have that car. Yeah. No, we will you. not buy that house. Yeah. Um, and it, so it, it's, it's about knowing yourself. Yeah. And that's what I think I probably, I know myself really, really well. Yeah. And I think that comes with maturity and age as well. I, I know myself in my relationship for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And what I would have probably gone, yeah, no problem, darling, no problem, you know. 15 years ago in my early 20s is very different to what I would say yes to now and I, I think um, that that can apply to, to any relationship I think um, but yeah I like the point you made about responsibility um, because yes you can quite easily blame somebody else but that just dis- disempowers them and yourself so if yeah. you're in a relationship and just nagging at somebody and telling them everything they've done wrong then what you think they're going to wake up and go oh darling you're completely right it's just not it's not going to happen um, yeah. so it doesn't really help you or them so I, so I really like that and I think that's a good opener as a conversation piece for people mm-hmm. so looking into the future now so we've talked a lot about your past and your learnings and what you've gone through what do you see for your future? So now you're in a place where you, you know, you're buying your house, you've got that stability, you've got the business is going really well and you're paying yourself more and you're supporting your girls. What do you see for your future? So 10, 20 years time? Well, 10 years from now, my plan is, to, well, eight years from now, my plan is to be working from choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I really consciously say that because I don't see myself retiring in eight years 
Mm. Um, but I want to be absolutely cherry picking and um, only doing the things. My, my commitment to myself from now on um, is that I only will work with clients and organizations who want to make positive change in the world. Yeah. Now, some of the clients I work with, you might sort of, you know, some household names, for instance, that I won't use. You could look at that and say, well, that's not really very in keeping with your whole new, this brand that I have around the legacy creation coach. Yeah. Because maybe they're doing things to the planet which aren't right. Yeah. But I only work with clients who are determined to put that right. Okay, well, that's positive change. So. Yeah, so, yeah. so that's what I really see in the future, that, that I will only work with clients with whom I am utterly aligned with values. Yeah. And, and I, I would say I've done that for a long time, but it's another level of that. Like, you don't just yeah. have to live values. You, the projects that I work on will be legacy-led. Sure. So for you personally, then in eight years time, you want to be in a position if you wanted to take six months off, you could, if you wanted to, you know, uh, take a year off, you could, or just maybe do the odd project and work part time, you, you want to be able to be in that place of choice. And that means over the next eight years, doing certain things to allow that to happen. Because I speak to a lot of business owners, and they, they come to a point. So there's a point where you've done really well. The business is earning a good money. You're paying yourself enough to pay the bills and keep everybody happy and feel like you're contributing to the family. If, if you're in a couple where you've maybe been building the business up for a while. Um, and then you've got to a point where actually the profits are really good and you start, got, start to think about tax efficient and pensions and mm. investments. And that maybe only goes, goes so far to sort of tick a box with maybe the accountant has told you to do it. Um, but then I asked the question to these people at that point, and it la has, the landing of the time is crucial, is that do you want to be doing this the way you're doing it? So it's a great model, but for another 10, 20 years, because if you don't put plans in place to create assets that are going to give you income in the future, whatever that might look like, then you need to expect yourself to be doing this for however long. So what actually do you want your retirement to look like? And then some of them will say, oh, I sell my business. Or some of them will say, um, I've got a passive income anyway. And I said, okay, well, you've got a semi-passive income business anyway, but you're still having to drive traffic to that. And that's doing what, including your time and your energy. So you want to be doing Facebook lives when you're 70. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a real shift for people, but the, the timing is crucial. But it sounds like you're already there, maybe, that you already foresee that as something that you need to be working towards. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, you know, you said, what would I tell my younger self? I would tell my younger self that money is really sexy. <laughs> you know, money is very cool stuff. Um, it, it, it's an empower, it's an enabler. And I, it, the way I see it is that if I've got my financial plans in place, then I can do the things that make the biggest difference and still live an ideal life mm. and and that's that's my job description right now because my, my whole new branding around the legacy creation coach is about helping people to change the whole world and their own world yeah right so it, it's sort of job description that i have to have an ideal life and change the world right you have to be doing it yourself yeah hmm. so yeah. i mean you know you, you you've been hugely instrumental in helping me to do this so 
I have a pension in place, which I know when I can take it, how much it is, and I know that it's it's enough for me to be okay. Yeah. And I know it's not enough yet for me to be fabulous. <laughs> so, um, so I have a, a my business strategy is built not on this. I would say like leap of faith. Oh, I'll sell my business. Yeah. Actually built on scaling my business to the extent that I become a smaller and smaller percentage of the business. Right. So that I can be a tiny part of the actual mechanism by the time I'm 60 in eight years time, which seems incredible. I still can't, I still can't believe that you're 60 in eight years time. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's the best thing about having a granddaughter after having the granddaughter is that people keep saying, you're not a granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, you know, I, I would say I have this really grown up strategy, which, you know, I've only really put in this year at a new level, because every mm. time you level up your life, your business, you have to level up your financial management. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but um, because money, money is power in, in a really positive way, right? Yeah. Power means the, the ability or capacity to do something. Yeah. So money is not power over people money can be but yeah for some people it can be and, and yeah. i find that with a lot of women that are um disempowered with their finances when, when their family member the partners take over they can feel very disempowered uh, which is why i believe in empowering women with their finances regardless of the circumstances because it gives you that choice that you're describing yeah i i want to be able to keep making a difference where I want to make a difference and where mm. I am best placed to do it. Yeah. You know, where I'm using my unique gifts and contribution and that I'm everywhere else. I'm just in supporting other people to do it. So, so what um, would, you, would you say to, for you to, to get to this place where you can see this horizon, you've been where you've come from, you know, you are, what, what key piece of advice, um, just to sort of round up for people and it could be more than one because sometimes it is more than one thing um, what sort of key one or two nuggets would you give somebody listening that they sort of think oh I want to be like Lisa um, <laughs> what what would you advice would you give them um fall madly deeply in love with yourself wonderful I think that's the biggest difference for me right now I I really love myself I I I know that I'm a really nice person. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm kind. I have strong values and I live them. I'm, I'm courageous. I, I stand up for people. And, and when you have that in a relationship with yourself, a bit, a bit teary, because that's, that's the <laughs> biggest change really for me. Big stuff. Uh, yeah, when you feel that way about yourself, mm. then that whole piece about relationships are holographic means that then you can be truly deeply in love with money you right. can, because you're reflecting your relationship with yourself and and you're not in love with money to the detriment of anything else you're just in love with what money can do in your life and what you can do with money and the choices it gives you how do people um, fall in love with themselves lisa mm, they come and work with me as a coach <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's an element of truth in that. Um, you know, we have to 
let go of I, I've always told my kids like my daughters that your behavior is not you your behavior is a consequence of what's going on in your life right now and and the resources that you have and how you're coping you know who you are is an incredible beautiful young woman who is um, just having a bad time right now and it's showing up in your behaviors and I, I think I just turned my parenting philosophy in on myself Maybe. and I think that's what that's what we can do women particularly are so quick to to judge themselves yeah. to judge themselves harshly, to talk to themselves in a way that they would never talk to anyone else. And my standards are so high. <laughs> yeah. It's like, someone said to me, they say, oh, it's done this. I was like, no, that's rubbish. That's no good. <laughs> Come back to me when it's better than that. No, don't want to know. <laughs> we do, right? Yeah. But it's, it's taken this, for me, it's about taking the space and the time to do that, especially if you've got children, like young children like myself. You're just, you know, you're looking after everybody else. You can't, you know, it's hard to start looking at yourself. And sometimes it's hard. You don't want to look at yourself because that means you've got to take responsibility and all those scary things. But it's almost like um, an Aladdin's cave or, or, you know, a scary cave in the sense that the other side of it is like this beautiful, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. But, but it's heavy stuff, right? doesn't have to be you know because that we all have somebody that we're afraid we might be and then we behave in a way that tries to prove to the world that we're not that bad but we underneath that we have our essence and who we really are and I spent so much of my life trying to prove that I'm not the person I'm afraid I might be that you forget who you really are and and that person is is, is amazing and inc- you know everybody is amazing and incredible in their essence in their own right definitely this, you know and it's just about getting back to that space mm. amazing and, and i think we should leave it there lisa i mean that's the <laughs> best place to leave it thank you so much for joining me today i knew it was going to be intriguing i knew i'd love absolutely love it and how can people connect with you what's the best way to get in touch with you if they want to Best thing is probably to um, search on Facebook for the Legacy Creation Clan um, and, and come and find us and hang out there. That would be Legacy awesome. Creation Clan. Fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you again, Lisa. And I'm sure you'll be on my show again soon because um, <laughs> you've always got some wonderful wisdom, elegant and regal nuggets to share with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.